0: Exodus, hey, didn't the worship team do a great job this morning? Don't they always do a great job? And if you think they didn't, go to another church. (laughs) And you come back crawling, thanking them for being a good worship team. Not every church, but a lot of churches, the music's struggling. All right. You could laugh. You could laugh at that. So, Exodus uh, 3. We'll start there. Exodus 3. We're going to talk about purpose again this morning, if that's okay with you. Talk about purpose. So, Exodus 3, in verse 1, it says Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father in law. Sounds like he lived in southern Indiana. Um, All right. No laughs still. (laughs) <laughs> uh, the, the people were offended because their cousins named Jethro uh, the priest of Midian and he led the flock to the back of the desert the mountain of God and the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire in the midst of the bush and he saw the bush was not burning and it was, but it was not consumed and Moses said I will now turn aside and see the great sight and the Lord said to Moses Moses here am I Verse five, he said, do not draw near to this place, take the sandals off your feet, for this is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of A- Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And Moses hid his face and was afraid. In verse seven, God says to Moses, I've surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. And I have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. And I know their sorrows, for I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from the land to a good large land. And notice, let's jump down to verse uh, chapter four and verse one. It says, then Moses answered and said, but suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice and suppose they say the Lord has not appeared to you. And verse 2, so the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? What is that in your hand? Now let's look over at one more passage. Ecclesiastes 9. Ecclesiastes 9. Now we're going somewhere this morning. You with me? Ecclesiastes 9 and verse 10. Ecclesiastes 9 and verse 10 says whatever your hand finds to do it do it with all your might for there is no work or no device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you're going but notice that it says whatever your hand finds to do do it with all your might so if you're taking notes today the title of my message is what's in your hand what's in your hand look at your neighbor say what's in your hand I'll be saying a Bible right now, actually. at your other neighbor, say, what's in your hand? So we're going to talk about uh, purpose this morning. Now, last week we talked about purpose. If you weren't here, uh, it's online. We talked about made for more. And we're going to talk about purpose again this morning. And I want to say a couple things about purpose before we get started. Is that, that God has a purpose for every person on the planet. God has a plan for every purpose on the planet. There is nobody here by accident. God did not make any accidents. Even if your parents thought you were an accident, you're not an accident. God knew you would be here at this time and at this place for such a time as this. So there's no accidents in God's family or God's kingdom. God has a purpose and God has a plan for every person who is here on this planet. All 7.2 billion people have a purpose and have a plan. There's nobody who's insignificant. And so uh, we're going to talk about purpose today and the importance of purpose in your life and that God has a purpose for every person in here. And that's the reason we're alive is for God's purpose. We're not alive just to work a 9-to-5 job that we hate anyways and we're just waiting until we retire and get a gold watch. Um, that's not life. We're not just waiting to just have more sports activities or more hobbies. We're not just waiting to to go to more outings on the weekends. We're not just waiting to get to happy hour on Friday night to erase our problems that we had Monday through Friday. So we want to drink our problems away Friday, Saturday and Sunday so we can do it all over again on Monday. Am I getting too real on a Sunday morning? Um, we're not here to just take up space and just exist and just go to church and keep it to ourselves, we're here for so much more. And we all know that. That's the thing. We all know that in our heart. Sometimes we always don't express that. Sometimes we always don't talk about that because a lot of times we feel ashamed for where our life is, so we don't want to bring it up to anybody. We feel ashamed because we're not doing much in our lives. We're not serving the purposes of God, so we don't want to have those conversations. Because we'd have to get real and honest with one another. We'd have to be transparent to each other. And nobody would want to do that in modern day culture, would we? So we all know that in our heart of hearts that we're made for more. We know that we are made for something bigger than just working a job, living the American dream, living in the suburbs. Two girls, two boys, two cats, two dogs, a goldfish, and a 401k. We know that our life is bigger than that nobody will to say amen this morning and we know that we're made for more now uh, let's look at Ecclesiastes 3.11 and we're going to put it on the screen we talked about this verse last week in the Amplified Bible you need to hear this in the Amplified because it really brings it out this is what it says he has made everything beautiful in its time and he has also planted eternity in men's hearts and minds God has put, notice, a divinely implanted sense of purpose working through the ages which nothing under the sun but God alone can satisfy. So we see that God has put in everyone's hearts and mind a divinely implanted sense of purpose working through the ages which nothing under the sun alone, but God can satisfy. God has put that in every person's heart, Christian or non-Christian, male or female, Buddhist, atheist, agnostic, whatever you want to call yourself. You know that your life is meant for a bigger purpose than where you're living at right now. Everybody knows that in their heart of hearts. Who put that there? Well, there's a God in heaven who put that in your heart before you even got here to this planet. And he put that in our, in our hearts so we would look and search for him because he put that desire and that longing and that purpose in every person's heart. There is no person on the planet that says, I would like to waste my life. I want to be insignificant. I don't want to accomplish anything. I just want to go through the motions. And when I die, I want people to forget about me. Nobody has ever said that. Even the most depressed person on the planet hasn't even said that because they know in their heart of hearts that they have a purpose, they have a plan, and that there is a God that put that purpose in your heart. He put that in your heart. There's nobody who really believes that in their heart of hearts. You know, I don't want to do anything with my life. I just want to live an insignificant life. Don't want to do anything important. I just want to waste it away. No person ever said that. Nobody ever will because they know in their heart of hearts. what There's a purpose that God planted in your heart. Which notice nothing under the sun or nothing in this world alone but God can satisfy. So we need to know our purpose. We need to know our meaning for being here. And God has put eternity in our heart. He's put that purpose in our heart. You're here for a reason. You're here at this specific time in history on purpose, not by accident. God put you here right now in 2016. He could have had you born any time in history, but he had you born right now for a reason. It's not on accident. You're here on purpose. And I thank God that we weren't born in the dark ages. Can I get amen? I thank God that that was a struggling period of time. Good Lord. That was rough. I thank God for technology. I thank God for 2016. I thank God that I don't even live in Bible times. You don't want to live in Bible times. No, you don't. You'd miss your car. You'd miss your cell phone. You'd miss air conditioning. You'd miss good food. But notice God had you here right now, 2016, for some sort of reason, you're here right now. And he knew that and he planned that, but also he puts you in a specific part of the world right now in 2016. Why are we here right now, this morning? You could be anywhere else on the planet. This is a big planet. you got a lot of places you could go. But why are you in New Albany, Indiana at 4224 Mel Smith Road? In a church building called Church on the Rock. Why are you here right now? It's not an accident. It's on purpose. It's on purpose. Why are you living in this region for this period of time? It's on purpose. Why are you existing right now? It's on purpose. And we need to understand that. It would change the way you live your life. It would change the way you wake up knowing that my day is not an accident. Me living here in this time is not an accident. Me being in the purpose of God right now is not an accident. I have a purpose to live every day, not just on Sundays, but Monday through Saturday. God has a purpose and a plan. I'm preaching better than you're saying anything. A purpose and a plan for my life every day, and I'm here on purpose. And you need to understand that because that will change how you live and you'll stop going through your days just wandering around, searching for something to do, searching for something to be excited about, searching, saying, I'm bored, I'm tired, I wish somebody would do something with me, I wish somebody would talk to me, I wish I could do this with my life, I wish I could do that. When you have a purpose all along and you could be fulfilling the purpose of God in your life. God has put that divinely implanted sense of purpose in all of our lives, in all of our hearts. And I tell you, even those of you who try to forget that it's there, it's still there. Even people who try to drown out the voices of God in their life, it's still there. When you get quiet, it's still there. When you go to sleep, it's still there. When you get serious and start thinking about your life, maybe you took a long drive. I like taking drives. When you take a long drive and you're thinking about your life, you know it's still there. And God put it there on purpose. So if God has us here on purpose, we need to live on purpose, not on accident. We need to live a life on purpose and a life that's fulfilling the purpose and plan of God. We have come. To this planet for such a time as this. Like it says in Esther, you came to the kingdom for such a time as this. You came to planet Earth for such a time as this. I don't know about you, but you know that God put you here for a special reason. Because you see the shape that the world's in right now. You know God put you here for a big job looking at the news every day. And notice what he did. He put you here because he knew you could make it. Come on now, somebody. He put you here because he knew. That you would do something great for the kingdom of God. He put you here because he knew that you were born for such a time as this. That if he put you here right now, that he has graced you, he's anointed you, and he's called you to be here right now. To be the church of Jesus Christ. The most influential thing on the planet. The hope of the world. The light of the world. The salt of the earth. He's called you to be that right now. Not to run away from the world. To run to the world because they need Help. Right now. There should be an urgency in your life, in your heart, in your mind right now. Knowing that God didn't put you here at a time that everything was okay. Everything was all right, Not a big deal. Everything's going good right now. No, He puts you in a critical part of history. He puts you on the planet. I would say you're pretty important to be here then. If he put you here right now, he knew that you could make it. He knew that you would be important. He knew that you could handle it. And he knew that you would be the church that you're called to be. Yes, the light of the world. You know, the darker it gets, the brighter the light shines. You know, I'm tired of the church in general complaining about how dark it is. God told us this, guys. Like... Thousands of years ago. He told us this like a bunch of times. The closer it gets to the end of time and to him coming back, it's going to get darker and darker and darker. But it also says the church has got to get brighter and brighter and brighter. (laughs) And it says that there will be so much glory, so much anointing, so much grace, so much of God's power on the church that the world will be drawn to us. Because they see the light. It's not the time to hide it. It's the time to shine. And the darker it gets, the brighter we shine. The darker it gets, the brighter we shine. And that's why we're here. We're here on purpose. Now we're here on purpose, but we have to live on purpose. Let's look back at Exodus In verse 4. You guys get something this morning? Exodus verse 4. You know how Jesus could accomplish everything he did in 33 years? He lived on purpose. How could Jesus change the world? do everything he did in 33 years, really three years. How could he do that? Because he knew his purpose and he lived on purpose. It even says it in the Gospels that I have come here on purpose. I know why I'm here. I know what I'm called to do. I know why the Father sent me. And that's why he could accomplish everything he did, really, in three years. He lived 33 years, but his ministry was only three years. And he changed the world forever. And he changed all of time forever. And he changed the eternity of all these people forever because he lived on purpose. He had a purpose, but he lived on purpose. And before we read in Exodus, you've got to understand this about Moses. Moses was a deliverer. Moses was called by God to deliver God's people. He was called by God to deliver God's people out of the hand of the enemy. To bring them out of slavery, bring them out of bondage, and bring them into the promised land that God had called them to be in. And at the time, Moses was a shepherd. He was hiding from Egypt because he got in trouble earlier in his life. He was a shepherd and God appeared to him in a burning bush. We know the story, a lot of us in here. And it wasn't consumed and a voice spoke out of it and said, Moses, I've called you to go back to Egypt. And I've called you to deliver my people, to bring them out of bondage, to bring them into the promised land. I've called you to do it, Moses. And this is what happens in chapter four. Moses speaks back and says, but suppose. This is Exodus four and verse one. It says then Moses answered and said, But suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose they say, The Lord has not appeared to you. So the Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? And he said, A rod. And it goes on, and we're not going to read all of it, but what happens is that God says, Moses, throw down your rod that you have in your hand, your staff, what he used to take care of sheep with. Something ordinary. Something not important really to most people. He just had a stick in his hand. And God said, throw that down. And I'm going to show you what I can do. And when he did, it turned into a snake. And then uh, later on, you know, he worked miracles with that rod. Later on, we know that he parted the Red Sea and he held up his rod. Which was just a stick. A stick, people. A stick. A stick. Not special carvings, a stick that he found to help him with his sheep. But notice what God says, what is in your hand? Now can we talk, can we talk this morning? We're talking about purpose. This is what happens, that God puts a purpose, and we read it a second ago, he puts a purpose in your heart. But the purpose in your heart. But we need to be more practical about what God has called us to do. Because a lot of people, especially in church world, and I know, I've been here 29 years of my life. Church world, people will talk about big stuff, big plans, God's called you, but then they don't ever get to the practical side of it. Okay, well, what does that mean, Monday through Saturday? I'm called, I'm anointed, but what now? So we need to get practical about this, so God will put a purpose In your heart. But notice he will put a passion in your hand. Come on now you hear this morning. And God will use the purpose in your heart. And the passion in your hand. So we're going to talk some about the passion that God has given us. We know this with God that God has a side and we have a side. It says we are co-laborers with God. There's God's side, there's man's side. A lot of us want to just say, God do it, God use me, God anoint me, God make me talk, God make me pray for people, God make me minister to people, God use my life, but then we don't want to do anything. It doesn't work like that. God says, hey, I put this purpose in your heart, it's from me. It's a plan that I've given you. It's a big dream. It's a big plan. It's a big vision. God put a purpose in everybody's heart. But then he gets real practical and says, but I put passion in your hand to fulfill it. And God gives us a passion or a grace or a gift to fulfill the purpose that's in our heart. So the first thing we want to talk about is this. God will use what's in your hand to fulfill what's in your heart. Come on, you here this morning. God will use what's in your hand to fulfill what's in your heart. So God will use something that he's given you, a grace, a gift, a talent, an ability to fulfill the purpose that's in your heart. So we see here that Moses was called to a huge purpose. Oh my gosh. Huge. We're not talking a couple of hundred people, a couple thousand people. We're talking hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of people freed from the most powerful nation on the Earth at that point. Now he didn't have any weapons, he didn't have any army. He had a stick for goodness' sakes. Let's be real. You know, if somebody walked up to President Obama in his office with a stick and said, I want you to let these people go, I want to defeat the United States, he would say, Get out of my office right now. And the Secret Service would carry him away. But Moses came to pretty much the most powerful man on earth with a stick. A stick. Something ordinary. Something that was just in his hand, a gift, a talent, a grace. And God used what was in his hand to fulfill the purpose in his heart. A backyard stick. Now, I don't know about you. I go to my parents' pool from time to time. I have never grabbed a stick and parted the waters of the pool. I don't know about you. Anybody do that before? Have you grabbed a stick and parted the waters? It's never happened before. I've never grabbed a stick and thrown it down and it turned into a snake. I've never grabbed a stick and hit a rock and water came out of it. Never happened. But God used something that was ordinary, that was natural, that was a grace, a gift. Something that he used every day to fulfill what was in his heart. You guys picking up what I'm laying down this morning? So God will use what's in your hand to fulfill what he's put in your heart, which is Purpose. What's in your hand? Well, what's in your hand is going to be ordinary to the world. But when it gets in contact with God and the purpose of God, it becomes extraordinary. What's in your hand is natural. But when it gets in the purpose of God, it becomes supernatural. What you have in your hand that was just a stick or a staff before Later on, it refers to that staff as the rod of God after Moses used it. But before, it was just a stick. So, what has God put in your hand to fulfill what's in your heart? Let's look at Romans 12. You guys still getting something this morning? Romans 12. Romans 12. So God will use what's in your hand to fulfill the purpose that he's put in your heart. That's how we get from point A to point B. A lot of people have big dreams, big plans, big visions, but they they never do anything about it. They watch their life passing by and they never fulfill the purpose of God because they never realize that God has given me something right now. That I'm called to use to fulfill the purpose of God. And a lot of us overlook these things because they're ordinary. They're natural. But God is going to use that thing that's in your hand to fulfill what God has put in your heart. Romans 12 in verse 4. Romans 12 and verse 4, it says, For as many members in one body, but all members do not have the same function. So we, being many, are one body in Christ, individually members of one another. Having noticed gifts differing according to the grace which was given to us. That means every person on the planet has a gift or a grace. Something that's in your hand and it's going to be different from other people. We all don't have the same gift. But everybody does have a gift. And it says, having gifts differing, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy. Or ministry, let us use it in ministering. Or teaching, in teaching. He who exhorts in exhortation. He who gives with liberality. He who leads with diligence. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Now, this is not a master list of every grace or gift that's given by God, but he's given you a starter list of these are different gifts that God has given us. Now, every person in here has a gift, has a grace, has something that God has put in your hand right now to use to fulfill the purpose of God. And I want us as a church to stop overlooking what God has given us. Stop comparing yourself to other people that you think have more or have less than you when God has given you what you need for your life and for your purpose. Don't look at anybody else because you're going to get in pride or despair. If you think you got more than somebody else, you're going to be prideful. And if you think you got less than somebody else, you're going to be depressed. But God says don't compare yourself to everybody because every person has their own race to run and their own journey to be on, and it's different. Everybody has a different purpose, a different calling, a different plan. That's why we can't compare ourselves, because you're not on the same journey as I am. You're not going to the same place that I'm going to. So he's going to give us different gifts and different graces to fulfill the purpose he's put in our heart, which is all different from one another. You guys getting some encouragement this morning? But that's what's in our hand. What does he put in our hand? Well, let me ask you something. About what's in your hand. We're going to get real practical here. What has God put in your hand? Well, here's a real practical question. What are you good at? Not trying to oversimplify it tonight or this morning. But what's. In your hand, and what are you good at? We can say this here's another question What are you passionate about? Now, don't lie to me because every person in here is passionate about something. Come on now. What are you passionate about? Because God's going to use your passion to fulfill His purpose. What comes easy to you and hard for others? Because that's where you're graced to be. That's where you're anointed to be. That's what God has put in your hand. What comes easy to you but hard to others? That's what God has graced you to do. Just some practical questions you can ask yourself. What has God put in my hand to fulfill what's in my heart? I know all of you could come back and tell me at least one thing right now. What are you passionate about? What are you good at? What makes you get up in the morning and you're excited about it? What is it? It's something. Maybe it's not your job right now, but it's something. And the bigger question is this. If you're not excited about your job and you're not passionate about your job, go get a different job. Why? Because you're not fulfilling the plan of God where you're at if you're not excited about it and you're not passionate about it. And a lot of you, to be honest, sometimes you're doing a job and you're not even gifted to be there. You're just trying to make money. You're just waiting for retirement. And that's not in the plan of God. The plan of God is what you're passionate about, what you're gifted to do, what you're called to do. And that might mean you need to take a lesser paying job for a period of time because that's where you're graced to be. That might mean you have to do something different to pursue the dreams that are in your heart. And everybody else can say, but you're getting retirement. Don't quit now. You got a 401k plan. Don't give that up. But are you graced to be there? God's not going to ask you, did you work a job? But he's going to ask you, did you use what's in your hand to fulfill what's in your heart? Did you use the grace and the gift and the talent I've given you? Now, some of you might be exactly where you need to be right now. That's awesome. This message should encourage you even more to develop that gift and that grace that God has given you. But if it's not, find where you need to be. And I'm not saying go out and do something crazy and just quit your job and not even really talk to God about it first. I'm saying that if you know that there's more, if you know you have passions and gifts and graces, and you know that God has given you this over here, then start working a plan to get over here. Start figuring out a way, well, maybe if I don't work a job, I could do this at nighttime. I could do this on the weekends. I could pursue the passion that you put in my heart instead of just existing and hating your life. And hating where you work. And hating getting up. And you know why we do? Because we're not where we should be. We're not in the grace zone that God has called us to be. We're not in the place that God has called us with passion. We're not using what's in our hand. We're using something but not what God's put in our hand. And that's a frustrated place to be. That's why we're frustrated. Because we're using something, we're doing something, but we're not using what God put in our hand to use. And that's different. You guys hearing me this morning? Are you challenged this morning? So God wants to use what's in your hand to fulfill what he's put in your heart. What's in your hand? What are you good at? What are you passionate about? What do you get excited about? What do you wake up thinking about? What are you good at that others, it takes them a long time to figure it out and you're just naturally good at it. It's not just you're naturally good at it. You're graced to do that. You're anointed to do that. It's not just good luck. Man, you're just just good at that. You've got a lot of luck. It's God. Not luck. It's God. God anointed you. To do that. That's why you don't want me building your house. You don't want me fixing your car. You don't want me doing that. I'm not graced to do that. Can I get amen? Amen. (laughs) But you know what? We talked about what do you get excited about? What do you get passionate about? What do you wake up thinking about? When I wake up every day, I think about church. Church. My whole day, I think about church. At lunchtime, I think about church. During the day, I think about church. When I go home, when I'm playing with Natalie, I think about church. When I go to bed and I'm trying to really go to sleep, I think about youth camp. And I think... How in the world are we going to get this better every year? It gets better every year. How do we do that? God has given me ideas. I'm thinking at nighttime. I'm trying to go to sleep. See, look, you guys are getting to sleep, and I'm not. I'm thinking, how can we make church better? How can we do things better? How can we get a new worship leader? I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm I'm thinking, how can we improve things? And if I didn't get the point by now that I'm called to be a pastor, then I need help. Because that's my life. And it's not a forced thing. It's not that somebody ever said, you need to think about church. You need to get excited about church. It's been in me since I was born because God put it there. Come on now, I'm preaching better than you're saying amen this morning. And there's something in your heart that was there before you ever got here that you think about every day, that you plan about every day, that you dream about every day. There is a grace and a gift on the inside of you, and that's what's in your hand. And God will use what's in your hand to fulfill what's in your heart. Woo! God will use what's in your hand to fulfill what's in your heart. So, Let's go back to Exodus 4. We're doing good on time here. You getting something this morning? Exodus 4. Some of you remember that from a movie. If you wake up thinking about singing, and at lunchtime you think about singing, and at school you think about singing, and when you go to bed at night you think about singing, guess what? You need to be a singer. It's the same thing for you guys. What's God put in your heart? What's God put in your hand? Because that's where you're called to be to fulfill his purpose. Exodus 4 and verse 10. It says, this is Moses uh, really (laughs) rebuking God. And notice what he says. Exodus 4 and verse 10, it says, Then Moses said to the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. So the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth, or who makes the mute, the deaf, the seen, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall say. Notice that. I will teach you what you shall say. If we're going to fulfill the purpose of God, the second thing we want to talk about is stop making excuses. Stop making excuses. This is the fun one. Stop making excuses. Notice what happened. God said, Moses, you're called, you're, gift, you're gifted, you're graced, I'm going to use what's in your hand. Here's the rod, go do it, go use it. And he said, yeah, God, but but I can't do it. But God just told you you could do it. But I can't do it. But God just told you you could do it. And a lot of times, the only person holding us back from the purpose of God is us. Is excuses. Excuses have never helped anybody. <laughs> excuses will never help anybody. And if we're going to fulfill the plan of God. We have to stop making excuses. Why we can't do something that God has called us to do. There is a poison to your God given purpose. And that's excuses. The enemy will come and give you all sorts of thoughts of doubt and fear and unbelief. And you can't do that. And you won't do that. You're not smart enough. You're not gifted enough. You're too old. You're too young. You're too fat. You're too skinny. You're too tall. You're too short. You can't do this. You were born the wrong color. You were born in the wrong part of town. You were born at the wrong time. Nobody likes you. Nobody cares about you. You're not smart. You can't do it anyways. Has anybody ever heard those thoughts before? They're not from God. They're sent from the enemy. For you to stop, start making excuses why you can't do what God has called you to do. And you know what? You have a free will. You have a free choice. And if you want to make excuses the rest of your life for the way you are and the way your life is, you will stay there forever. Every person in here can make excuses on why you are the way you are and why you're here right now. But that will never get you anyway. That will never help you get into the purpose of God. Making excuses. Because God has said, know what? You are called. And you are chosen. And you are good enough. And you are graced. And you are anointed to do what you're called to do. Stop listening to the enemy's lies that say that you can't do it. Because if I said you can do it, you can do it. If I said that you're called to do it, then I've graced you to do it. And I put something in your hand to fulfill what's in your heart. But we got to stop making excuses because that's what Moses tried to do. He said, God, I can't talk. I can't talk. And how many know anybody going into the king's palace would be a little intimidated to talk? But it wasn't just that. He had a speech problem. Isn't it amazing the things that God calls people to do? Don't you think God already knew that? Yes, he did. But you know what? When he used Moses who had a speech problem to free God's people, who got all the glory? God did. Because everybody knows Moses can't talk that good. But when he gets in the king's palace, he talks amazing. Why? Because God is gracing him to do it. God is calling him to do it. God is anointing him to do it. So when Moses goes before the king he can talk amazing beautifully doesn't stutter doesn't mess up why because God had called him to do it Ask yourself this question what are the areas in your life that you feel like I can't do it because of because of this because of that God says stop making excuses I made you, I called you, I anointed you, so I'm going to give you the grace to do what you're called to do. So we need to stop making excuses that we can't do something when God has called us to do something. It holds us back from doing the purpose of God. Lastly, we want to talk about this. We need to be faithful where we are. Proverbs 20 and verse 6. You guys get something this morning? Proverbs 20 and verse 6. We need to be faithful where we are. In Proverbs 20 verse 6 it says... Most men will proclaim each his own goodness, but who can find a faithful man? Notice that most men will proclaim his own goodness, but who can find a faithful man? It says that we need to be faithful because faithful people are hard to find. God is looking for faithful people. And all of us in here could say, well, I got a big purpose and I got a big calling and I have all these things that God has called me to do. Yes, you're right. And God wants you to use what's in your hand, but he wants to know, will you be faithful with a little before I give you much? Will you use what you got in your hand right now before I give you more? We know in the Gospels, in the parable of the talents, that He talked about he gave different people different amount of giftings or grace or talents. And some people brought back nothing. Some people brought back double or more. And God wants to know, will you be faithful with what I've given you to use for my purpose? We got to be faithful. And you know what? Faithfulness on the outside is not exciting. You guys know that? It looks like doing the same thing over and over and over again. I don't know about you, but I'm a, I wouldn't say I'm hyper. Probably not. <laughs> but I would say sometimes I have a hard time staying focused. Let's call it that. Doesn't that sound better? <laughs> sometimes I'm not super good at doing the same thing over and over again. I'm saying, can we do something different? Can we change it up? Can I leave? Can I take a potty break? Can I do something different? Anything. I just need to move around just a little bit. I don't want to sit in the chair. I just want to kind of stand and let's just talk. <laughs> but you got to be faithful where you are. You got to be faithful where you are. Because your purpose is not a destination. It's a journey. So that means it takes time. And realize the plan and purpose of God is for your entire life. So many of us think, well, this is going to get accomplished in the next two or three years. But when God puts a purpose on your life, He knows that it's going to take a lifetime to fulfill. Not just two years, five years, ten years. He knows that it's going to take an entire lifetime, your lifetime, to fulfill the purpose of God. So that's where faithfulness comes in. we know that a Dr. Dufresne Uh, our spiritual grandfather, he said, Faithfulness is the road to divine promotion. Faithfulness is the road to divine promotion. You know that everything in your life is important. Everything is significant. Something about Moses is this, that Moses didn't get to do all these things when he was a young man. Actually, Moses was 80 years old when he did all this stuff. 80 years old. That's when he started fulfilling really the purpose of God. Now, what was he doing that other time? Well, 40 years he was watching sheep. 40 years he was taking care of sheep. Forty years he was doing that before he ever got called by God and went to deliver God's people. Forty years. Now, why was he doing that for 40 years? God was proving Moses. Seeing, if you can't take care of sheep, you can't take care of a lot of people. Hello, somebody. If I can't trust you with sheep for 40 years, how can I trust you with hundreds of thousands and millions of people? I can't. So he said, I'm going to see if you're faithful. Now, I'm not saying it's going to take 40 years. That was Moses. I believe that God wants to do a quick work in a lot of our lives. Because we need to do something right now. I don't think it's going to take 30, 40 years and all that. But God is still wanting to know, will you be faithful? So God will give you a passion to help you fulfill his purpose. But God God will also give you a plan to fulfill his purpose. And that's the last thing I want to talk about before we close. God will also give you a plan. Now, when we say God will give you a plan, now he's not going to send you a 255 PDF document to your email box. Okay? He's not going to send you a novel about your life. That's what we all want in here. We want to know the entire story, every detail right now about the plan that God has for our life. But he doesn't work like that. He doesn't use us like that. What he does give us is the next step. God will never give you the whole entire plan for your life at one time. Now, he might show you certain things in the future, but he won't give you the whole entire plan in detail. Why? Because that wouldn't take any faith. But what God will give you is the next step. And God is looking to see if you'll be obedient to the next step. If you're faithful with this step, then you can go here. If you're faithful with this next step, then you can go here. And that's how you get into the purpose of God. I know by me saying that, it's not like, yes, that's what I wanted to hear. But that's the way God works. He's not going to give you the whole thing. But he is going to give you the next step. He's going to say, be faithful here. Then I'll promote you. Be faithful here, and then I'll keep using you. Be faithful here, and then when you get here, there'll be more. Be faithful here, and then I'll give you more. Be faithful here, and then I'll give you more. That's the way that God works. And God wants to use each and every one of you more than you realize right now. He wants to use you. He wants to give you a grace and a passion. And he wants you to discover it because it's already in you right now to fulfill the purpose Of God, And I'm believing that God's going to speak to you like never before about the plan that he has for you. Like I said, don't be looking for a 250 page document that says everything about your life. He's going to say. Go work here. Why? Go work here. (laughs) Why? Go work here. (laughs) That's the next step. I want you to go to school for this. Yeah, but I need some more detail. I need you to go to school for this. I need some more detail. Go to school for this. And notice when we're faithful with those steps, he gives us the next ones. Did you guys get something this morning? Well, Brother Daryl, could you come up here and play for a moment? Could we stand up today? Come on. Let's stand up for a moment. Let me ask you this.